Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what did we talk about today? Well, today we did our podcast four times and we finally got to one that we think is good enough to share with you. <laughs> yeah, it was a getting to know you episode where we asked each other questions that um, maybe we didn't know the answer to, but probably we actually did. We just thought they'd be interesting questions. And we found out that towards the end, we had a very profound question we wanted to ask you. So do yourself a favor. Listen to the end. Answer the question for yourself. All this and more on another exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Have some jelly beans and enjoy it. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. How's it going? You're kind of bringing me down, man. <laughs> My day's amazing. I know. We have started this podcast three different times. Yeah. This is our fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're changing it up. Yeah. We've decided we're not going to do the podcast the, we have been trying to do. The original topic uh, is out the window. We were going to talk about... All kinds of amazing things. Yeah. But not but Mostly like quarantine stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Not today. We're changing it up. We are going to ask each other. So if this is a getting to know you um, podcast. We're going to ask each other questions about so, yeah. things that we may not um, know or expect or anything like that. It's just, just kind of a getting to know you sort of thing. So if you have ever wanted to know Nicholas or myself deeper, this is the podcast for you. Yes. We're going to ask each other about our favorite stuff uh, in all kinds of categories and that may spur some very interesting side conversations, but we're going to lean into it because that's, that's what we do. That's what we're doing. All right. So, Nicholas. I'm ready. What's your favorite jelly bean? <laughs> it's red. Why? <laughs> there are so many colors. Why just red? Red. Red is my favorite kind of uh, candy, fruit candy. I like the cherry slash strawberry slash just berry flavor stuff it's kind of my jam it's my favorite kind of juice also like if there's a high c or um anything like that artificial not juice but like fruit drink fruit, fruit beverage um that's what i like fruit punch that kind of thing those are those are my favorite sort of things um what's your favorite jelly bean megan my favorite jelly bean is the yellow or white jelly bean which yellow, I believe, is lemon. Lemon anything is typically a good thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, the white, not so sure. I don't know. It might be pineapple. It's a mystery flavor. It's a mystery flavor. But you don't it's know. white. It's, it's very uh, desirable to you, enjoyable yeah. to you. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know that there are very many jelly bean flavors I don't like. Mm, that's interesting. Um, what about the Harry Potter jelly beans? I like most of those. Yeah? Yeah. Are there any of those that you don't like? I feel like maybe dead fish. That might be the one that I don't like. Yeah. 
That's disgusting. I'm not a big jelly bean guy, just in general. I don't really like fruit candy that much. But um, it is the day after Easter as we record this, and we have a lot of jelly beans in our house. And I was having a difficult time struggling through the first three versions of this podcast. And Megan has gotten, she has procured the jelly bean bowl and put it in front of me and said, just, just have some. Just it'll, eat them. It'll be better. <laughs> You'll be better if you do this. <laughs> eat the jelly beans. Eat the jelly beans, Nicholas. <laughs> and I have complied. And um, she was right. Yes. Uh, things things are better now that Did I've eaten some jelly that? beans. I was right, Megan. I say that you're right like all the time. That's not one of that's not an issue for me. I do <laughs> not have a difficult time acknowledging that you're right about a lot of stuff. You are. You're right. You're you're so right. <laughs> all right. So what's, you're very smart. What's your question you're, for me? You're quite amazing. Thanks. Um, my question for you is, what did you drink today? So I am a tea connoisseur. Mm. I am a lover of tea. And I started my day off with a uh, Mama Tia tea. Uh, that's a local brand. Um, and the tea that I started off with was an elder, elderberry mix tea. And then I had some mint tea because mint tea is one of my favorites. And then I um, had another cup of the elderberry mixed tea. So... I've had a lot of tea today and uh, fizzy waters. You know, we, we like the, I call it fizzy water seltzer. I know I was in new seasons once and uh, Juliet was like, can we get some fizzy water? And someone said, did she say fizzy water? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. That's just what we call it in our house. Fizzy water yes. seltzer. So we like seltzer. Uh, we like all brands of seltzer um, or most, I would say there's a couple that we've, you know, earmarked that aren't so super great, but Polar is one of the ones that we drink quite a bit of. And so, um, they are not paying us to say this or promote any of the brands that we're talking about, but that's, yet that is another one. <laughs> that is another one that we like. Uh-huh. So what did you drink today? Well, I've had four shots of espresso. What? All in one. I mean, that's, wow. that was a quad. A quad. <laughs> and, but uh, you made it yourself. Yeah, I did. It was delightful. I also had a cup of coffee before that as well. Yeah, um, you're a coffee lover. I do. I love coffee. I love it so much. Me and coffee have had a long and storied relationship. And I'm very happy to say that I have lots of different methods in which to consume coffee. And I had cold brew to start, and then I had the four shots of espresso. And who knows what's going to happen later, but uh, it's possible that I have some more. And also... I've crushed several seltzers, and um, I love seltzer. And one of the things that you might not know about seltzer in my relationship with it is that it helped me lose like 45 pounds. That's true. That's true. You were a soda drinker, so you used to like Coca-Cola and... Yeah, Coca-Cola was my... I was a Coca-Cola-holic. And Um, then you drank Snapple. Yeah, I was a big Snapple drinker. crazy. So I had a Snapple problem. I had a really sugary drink problem. So much so that you would buy the Snapples and like leave them in your car so that I didn't know you were consuming as many as you were. Mm -hmm. It was crazy, crazy. Well, this is is how it would go. Um, Snapple in particular. I loved the lemon tea, just the kind of original flavor. And at our previous office, they would sell them for, uh, they would sell 32 ounce bottles for a dollar a piece. And 
So, but you'd have to buy a couple at a time. And, and you're not a man to pass up a good value. No. And so, so I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I'll have one. I'll have, I'll have one for the day, but pretty soon it turned into like one for the morning, one for the afternoon. And then, then it turned into like one for the morning, one for lunchtime, one for the afternoon. And then it was like four a day. And I was having like, you know, a hundred ounces of Snapple, which is like a billion grams of sugar. <laughs> Which, you know, thinking back on that, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing because you don't drink any sugar hardly at all now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And so, yeah, how would you like? So how, this yeah. this is what happened. I was running into some health problems, um, sort of tangentially rate related. Uh, I and and um, and I just knew I needed to change something. I don't know what it was. We went on this big road trip it was a 14 state road trip where we just we drove uh like all across the country with the four of us and uh, and we didn't kill each other we all loved it yeah actually it went <laughs> it went amazing but um you know uh we visited with some people i saw megan's brother he was he was taking salads to to work each day and for some reason We'd like, we'd go have lunch with them and they just looked so good at that moment. And then, uh, so we came home and I just kind of leaned in. I just started making salads for myself for lunchtime. And then Megan brought home this seltzer water from the store. It was cold and it just, it was a hot day and it looked so amazing. And, um, I, she had previously tried to get me on seltzer water. Like, maybe you could have this instead of soda. And I was like, that is disgusting. What are you even talking about? There's no flavor. But something interesting happens when you start, when you stop eating so much crap is that you can actually taste things again. It's so wonderful. So I, um, I had this lime flavored. Um, it was an original New York seltzer. And... It was the most heavenly thing I had tasted in years. It was so refreshing. There was no sugar. And so just that day, I stopped. I just stopped drinking sugar. And and we don't drink fake sugar. We don't drink no. any sort of stuff like that. And so um, so that was, and like in a week, I like lost 12 pounds or something like that. And I just continued with it. And it wasn't any, like I didn't, I didn't. Um, I didn't go on any kind of plan or anything, but I just kind of leaned into, oh, so I was eating salads for lunch and then I started eating salads for dinner. And then I started, um, changing the portions that I would have and making sure that I got enough protein in different parts of the day. And, uh, at one point I was eating so much spinach, which <clears throat> has become, <laughs> it became my new favorite food, spinach. I was eating so much spinach that my feet started turning yellow. Um, and so I had to, um, message my doctor and say, Hey, what, what is happening here? Too much beta carotene. So she took me off the beta carotene supplement that I was taking. And anyway, that's the, the story of me loving seltzer. Now I drink, um, I drink four or five of them a day just because I still need something, something that's a little different than still water, but it's just basically water with a little bit of essence of whatever it is i'm drinking my favorite flavor of that um thank you for asking is uh black cherry 
um, at this moment. It's black cherry. For a while, it was original New York seltzer watermelon flavor. And I like watermelon in the the summer months, but original New York seltzer doesn't, is at least not sold in our area anymore. And so now it's the polar black cherry that I really like. And also um, Safeway and Albertsons have an amazing store brand called Soleil, and they have a great black cherry flavor that is sometimes available, which I like a lot. Again, so. no plugs uh, for anyone. Nobody's paying us for any of this. <sighs> Yet. <laughs> um, my favorite flavor, thanks for asking, is mandarin or orange, uh, mm-hmm. any orange flavor. Yeah, you're I an really orange. Enjoy that. Orange. I also like black cherry. Yeah, that's true. It's good alternating flavors. So here's my question for you. Okay. What... Did you last watch? What did I last watch? I mean, the last thing I watched was the Charlie Brown Easter Beagle. Yeah, we watched that last night. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched was Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. How was that? I enjoyed it. I yeah. liked it quite a bit. Yeah. It had Elizabeth Moss in it from Handmaid's Tale. It had the perfect amount of twists and turns it was good it's yeah. a good one i would i would recommend it if you're a scary movie fan it wasn't Go check it out. scary as much no. as it was it was thrilling thrilling suspenseful what was the last thing you watched i mean we've watched the same things we're in quarantine <laughs> uh it was the invisible man before that though we watched top gun with our children <laughs> <laughs> Which some people might not, you know, uh, like that parenting questionable choice. Questionable parenting choices aside, it was a lot of fun to it watch was. Uh, with them. I've seen that movie a hundred times. But the thing that I, I haven't seen it in several years at this point. And the thing that I noticed about it most, thank you for eating a red jelly bean. <laughs> um, the thing that I noticed about it most was that everybody was so sweaty in that movie all the time. Like just beads of sweat. Off of everybody's face, like it was, I don't know. It was crazy. I think it might have been filmed in my hometown. It was, yeah, everybody was really sweaty all the time. So that was an interesting thing. But the other thing is that um, there is this one kind of, there's this one love scene in it that we were trying, we were, we were. We shielded our children from it. Yeah. But then we, uh, on the other end of that, there was like a line that we were trying to hear. And so we rewound. Nicholas and, rewound <laughs> and it got back into the love scene and and uh the kids saw kind of the end part of it and um the next morning uh our daughter said like do you remember the kissing and licking part <laughs> they lick each other oh uh, anyway yeah that's so that parenting. was the last thing that I watched uh, and then prior to that we watched Onward Onward which I said on Facebook was the greatest movie of all time do you still believe that to be true today? Absolutely. Um, I do go through these phases. It's kind of a thing that I do is, you know, if, if there is an animated movie that I love, I declare it the greatest movie of all time on Facebook. And everybody's like, oh, we don't believe you anymore. But, you know, at the, t- at the, at the time that I watch it and the time that I say it, I believe it to be true because I emotionally connect with those movies. And usually they're musicals of some kind, but Onward wasn't. Um I have a question for you. But, you know, I watch it with my family, my kids, and they love it. And I see the smiles on their faces and I just feel so good. And um, it helps me 
you know, connect with those kinds of emotions. What's your favorite musical? Uh, Rent. Really? You say that like it's a surprise. Just making sure. There's like rent post. There, there is more than one rent poster hanging on the wall of our house. There's rent books. There's rent posters. I know. I uh, just thought that. Uh, I thought that that had changed for you. <laughs> no. What? What would it have changed to? Hamilton. Hamilton is a great show, but it's not rent. What is your favorite? My favorite musical? Yeah. Rent. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Don't ask silly questions. <laughs> well, fine. You come up with a better one. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite movie of all time? That is not a better question. My favorite movie of all time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get asked this question all the time and I don't like it. Mm. It's a horrible question. Why is that a different? Because I I like different movies for different reasons. Mm. And I have all kinds of movies that I would say are my favorites. So it's really hard to choose between children and pick one. Give me five movies that you love. Oh my gosh. Really? Um, Five movies that I love. Mm-hmm. I would say Rent. Well, I think you have a love-hate relationship with that movie. I do. Um, I mean, I love that they made a movie of it. Mm-hmm. Actually, it would be Rent, the um, filmed version of the musical. Of the Broadway. The Broadway. Yeah. The Broadway tour one. Which, actually, we saw that version of the cast. Yes. Yeah, on, on Broadway. On Broadway. Um, and we have that on, uh, Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen Rent in the theater, not the movie theater, the theater theater. Um, I don't even know upwards of 20 times. Uh, and cause you've seen it about a dozen. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of lost count. Yeah. So Rent is one movie that you love. Kind yes. Of. Um, Benny and June. Yep. Um, I am a big fan of what? I feel like you were going to say something. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Benny and June is one of the movies that you, that you've loved for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also love PS. I love you. Hmm. Interesting. And the notebook. Those would be like in one because they're in the same genre. I'll, I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> and then, um, I, Goodness, there are so many. I don't like picking between them. Uh, what are some of yours? I can tell you my very favorite movie of all time. Okay. Is actually a series. Go for it. It's the Before series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Before um, before Midnight, Before Sunset, or Before Sunrise. Sunrise. Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Yes. And it's the story of two people who who meet when they're young and then they they make a plan to meet back together and um and then it's the continuation of that years later and you know the actors are ethan hawk and julie delpy and they they come back and it's basically just you know an hour and a half long conversation between them these characters in that moment of time and i just love everything about it and how you know these movies are spaced 10 years apart and so they capture these characters at different parts of their lives and the different things that they're worried about and thinking about and 
you know, the things that are going on for them. And I just feel like it's, it's, um, so spot on in lots of those areas. So mm-hmm. sleeping with the enemy is another one that I love. That's your sick movie. That is my sick movie. That's whenever you're sick, you watch that movie. Mm-hmm. We have it in like 17 different ways. So Megan can make sure that she watches it. I also have a connection to, you know, Brown Eyed Girl, the song. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, I would probably say that, um, my fifth one, I had it and now it's gone. I don't know. I also loved Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. That was one that I really um, kind of struck a chord with me for a long time for whatever reason. And uh, Major League, something completely different. But uh, I watched that a bajillion times when I was a kid, and it just kind of reminds me of my dad and the kind of movies that we'd watch together. And, Field of Dreams is a good movie. Oh, God, that's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love everything about that movie. I love baseball movies just in general. Mm-hmm. Baseball movies, uh, it's hard. Even if they're bad baseball movies, I just love them. Like um, Field of Dreams is a great it. one. Uh, Bull Durham, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, uh, Bad News Bears. Hard mm-hmm. hard to dislike those movies. Yeah. Baseball movies are be- are the best. I love baseball. I just love baseball. So, um, so I got a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite sport to watch on television? Oh, my favorite sport to watch on television. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite sport to watch on television is most likely basketball. Ooh, interesting. Who's your favorite team? My favorite team is the Blazers. Yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> um but uh my favorite sport i also enjoy watching football on tv i enjoy that Uh i haven't uh i i have actually been to an nfl game so that's good Mm -hmm. um and that's i i guess that's something i would say is i've been to all of the games live that i've watched on tv like all of the sports i've been to live which is nice and that's not something that everybody has had the opportunity to do so Mm -hmm. i understand that that's a really cool thing i would say that I have a really hard time enjoying baseball on television. I really like to be at a game. Um, yeah, going to the ballpark is yeah. is a great experience, and it's different watching it on television. Mm-hmm. Um, I still enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I still I, I would say that I still enjoy it as well, mm-hmm. but uh, it's one that I would prefer if yeah. I had a choice. Yeah. I would go see it live. Mm-hmm. Whereas football, I would much rather watch that on television than go to the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been to several Seahawks games, and it's just, just don't like it. You know, football fans are jerks. Vikings fans are not, though. I do have to say, mm. I've been to Vikings. Maybe it's games. just Seahawks fans. Yeah. I mean, I am a Seahawks fan, and um, well, somebody came up to you and like wanted to fight you, and, and you were in Seahawks gear, and then they realized. They were just so drunk. <laughs> they realized that, oh, you're in Seahawks gear. And then they left. No, like, oh, I'm sorry. Or, oh, hey, my bad. Or anything like that. It was just like, oh. And then gone. Yeah. So we talked about beverages that you enjoy. A beverage that you don't really enjoy all that much is alcohol. You're not a huge connoisseur of alcohol. You do enjoy wine. Yeah. Um, on occasion. And, and you know, things on occasion. But you, you're not a big drinker. Very much in moderation. Mm-hmm. Social, I would say. <laughs> it's, but I'm very anti. I'm an anti-social drinker. 
um, I, yeah, it's true. I don't drink a lot of alcohol, but I do like, um, I do like wine a lot and I just kind of, um, intellectually like wine. He's looking at the bottles that are on our wall. We have yeah. wine racks on, attached to our wall. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, and he enjoys, he enjoys them. It's true. So, um, what is your favorite word? Just my favorite word? Your favorite word. Hmm. Your favorite word to say, right? That's this your feels, favorite word in the written language. This feels like a James Lipton question. I'm like, what is your favorite curse word? I didn't say curse word. Yeah. Well, it would probably be a curse word. Um, but there are lots of words that I like. I do like language a lot. Um, I would say that voluptuous is one of my favorite words because it's just a fun word to say, voluptuous. I also like um, magnificent and loquacious and things like that, things that are just fun to say, voluptuous, serendipitous. I like the ipitous. I have words that I really don't like. What are those? Anything in the arty family. Anything. With... Smarty, marty, party. Yeah. Arty, farty. <laughs> yes, I hate those words. I don't know what it is about them. I just do not like them. I don't like all. the word moist. Uh, I don't have any problem with moist. Moist. I don't know. What's your favorite word? My favorite word? Mm hmm. Hmm. I would say. I don't know. I, it's, that's a hard one for me. I also like language. I love language. Uh, I love Shakespeare. It would probably be a Shakespearean word. So, but I'm not going to choose one right now. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> it's not Shakespearean, but you know, it's a word. It's a long word. What's your favorite book? Oh, interesting. interesting. Or your author. You could do author if you don't want to do book. Well, um, I've got several that have meant a lot to me in my life. Like... Lori R. King, when I first, uh, uh, I went through this period where I read a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories and Lori R. King, she wrote a book called The Beekeeper's Apprentice, which introduced the character of Mary Russell into the Sherlock Holmes universe. It's a pastiche. Anyway, uh, it's in a, and it's a whole series and I got to meet her when I was a teenager, um, a young teenager. Was it at Powell's bookstore? No, it wasn't. It was at Murder by the Book. Oh, that's a good one too. In Portland. And I got to meet her. She was really nice to me. She gave me her address to write to her. And um, she made a big impression on me. So I really liked, I liked everything about that kind of universe. Did you ever write her? Not one time. Oh, Nicholas. I know. Lori Arking. Um, if you're listening to this, if you ever hear this, uh, thank you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for your books. They, sorry they, I never wrote. Sorry I never wrote to you, but they meant a lot to me as a teenager growing up. They helped, uh, they helped me get into a world that was fascinating and intellectual and stimulating and all the things that I am passionate about in my life. So that... That's a series of books that I like, the Mary Russell series. And um, I also like um, 
another book that I, I read that was, that was kind of influential was the bad place by Dean Koontz. And then that set me off in this whole Dean Koontz epic, uh, run where I, I read so many of his things. And then my favorite, my favorite book of his is odd Thomas, which is kind of, um, well, I, I won't say anything about it. If I, if I give, if I talk too much about it, I'll give away the gimmick, yeah. but it's, it was great. And, uh, yeah. So uh, Barbara Kingsolver, mm-hmm. I read a lot of her in high school. Um, and yeah, so, there's so many, uh, Nick Hornby, uh, so many, so many great influential books in my life. The E-Myth, <laughs> uh that that was the book that, that i read very early on into my entrepreneurial days that really you know kind of helped me understand customer expectations good to great uh that, that wasn't ever one of my favorites but that was that's a book um anyway what's your favorite book um, my favorite book is probably the Norton Shakespeare, mm. you know, that would be my favorite book. Like if I had one book that I could take with me for life, that yeah. would be it. Yeah. Um, however, cause I have multiple <laughs> Shakespeare, uh, mm-hmm. vessels over there on our bookshelf. Yeah. We're looking over at our um, bookshelf. What books do we like? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, you know, also I went through this big run of autobiographies. I love autobiographies, particularly of people who have achieved great things. Mm-hmm. Like I went through this series of like Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi um, autobiographies and it was just, you know, their greatness to them was just part of who they were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, it wasn't anything that was more substantial than any, anything else. It was just what they dealt with and it was very difficult for them to reconcile, you know, in Andre Agassi's case, not being as great as Pete Sampras was, uh, or being able to overcome him in uh, a multiple multitude of ways, and being in the same era, and um, his struggles with that, and his struggles with tennis in general. So, so autobiographies, I love those. I love everything. You know what I love? What in- information. I love knowing about stuff. I love thinking of a question that is peculiar and finding the answer to it. That's another word I like, peculiar. Um, like, what are the logistics of moving your house in 1800? Were you, there, did, you did research that. Yeah. Were there cardboard boxes? Did you have moving companies? How did you do it? Um, that kind of thing. You know, something that we might take for granted today that was not, what was, what were the logistics of travel in the American, in the lead up to the American revolution? You know, how long did it take to get from Europe to the United States and what kind of methods of travel did you have to take? That kind of stuff, you know, that we could be in Europe in hours today if we weren't in quarantine and restricted from doing so we could be in in Europe in hours but in those days it took months like months and months and months 
the better part of a year, like, you know, six months to get from one place to another. If you wanted to travel across um, an ocean. And that is fascinating to me that we live in such an age of, of intense innovation. So anyway, that's my favorite book. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite thing about this podcast so far? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> okay. I got a question for you. Okay. What is your favorite thing about me? I admire your talent. I find you to be wildly talented in many ways. And I admire that about you. Your ability to perform and sing, your ability to design and innovate, uh, your ability to speak freely what's on your mind and on your heart. I think that those are very endearing qualities. Those are very kind things for you to say. What's your favorite thing about me? Well, I'm so glad you asked. My favorite thing about you, I mean, here's the thing. I have a lot of things that I like about you. Um, but what I would say is that the ways in which I am in awe of you are your ability to interface with people and, um, and sort of rally people around you and be able to just talk to anybody. You could just go up and talk to anybody about anything, really. Is incredibly inspiring to me. Except I can't do that right now. Quarantine and all. <laughs> but uh, you still find ways to reach out and talk to people. And um, second to that is that you feel compelled to help people um, all the time. You feel like you can be of service to so many, and you can. And you find ways to help people in ways that maybe they don't even know. And you're a great connector of people, and you get connected to causes that you can really help move along the way, and you can shine light on ways to further causes in ways that people just don't see. Um, it's kind of amazing. I also think that you are an incredible mother and uh, that is something that not, you know, not people, not everybody is a natural, naturally good parent, but you are and you uh, love your children and you take care of them and you find things that are important to them and you make sure that they do the things that they need to do to be successful. And if they're struggling with something, you figure that out too. Thank you. You're welcome. It's very kind. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good dad too. Let's uh -huh. just be clear. I think that parenting is a is a dual effort. Mm -hmm. um, and sure, there are people who have a great parent on one side, or maybe not a great parent on the other. But in our case, I think that our kids are really blessed to have two really great parents. So I think that you are equally as wonderful of a father. 
Mm. In many ways. Many ways. Not all the same ways. No, not the same. (laughs) But But we have our strengths. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the beautiful thing about our relationship. You know, people say, how do you guys work together? How do you you work together on a company? You're married to each other. You live together. You parent your kids together. How do you do that all together and not kill each other? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's because we we have the things that we are great at and we're great at those things and we know what those are for each other and we don't try to step on the other's toes mm-hmm. when we know the other person is better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. We have a clear division of responsibilities and uh, we work those responsibilities. And if we start veering too far into the other person's lane, then, you know, problems occur. They let us know. That's true. We're very territorial about our lanes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn. What are you doing? <laughs> so what is your favorite thing about quarantine life? Oh, my favorite thing about quarantine life is animal crossing. Oh, mm. tell me about it. Animal crossing. Animal Crossing is near and dear to our hearts because we started um, we started playing Animal Crossing as in when we um, were early on in our relationship. We uh, we got together our fresh <clears throat> we got together our freshman year in college, and you know uh, we went through our freshman year and our sophomore year. We lived in the dorms and in our, our Junior year, we moved out into apartments with our friends, and uh, Megan was roommates with her best friend, and I was roommates with my best friend, and we were they were we were coupled, so they were couples and we were couples. Anyway, we played this game called Animal Crossing together for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It came out on the GameCube, and uh, they've released different versions of it throughout the years, and we've played each one a lot. And it just this this one has newly come come out in the middle of a pandemic, a global crisis, a quarantine, a time when we have to be at home all the time. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It gives people an escape into a different land. Yeah, you know, to just be somewhere different for a while. So, and it's a great experience to like go back to something that's familiar but updated and to hear the music and hang out in this like world that we have experience with and a a shared history with and um and it helps our children see the world and like we drive around they're like we should pull the weeds mm -hmm. we should trim the trees (laughs) we should harvest the land yeah where's tom nook (laughs) should we sell this furniture yeah Mm. so if you're an Animal Crossing lover too, let us know. We'd love to connect. So that's uh, that's my favorite thing about quarantine. What's your favorite thing about quarantine? Um, honestly, my favorite thing about quarantine is spending more time with our kids, and um, and being able to be more present. Um, you know, I just think that our life is such that it's busy, 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 and distraction, distraction, distraction. Um, and I think we've slowed down a bit and it's not to say that like our life isn't as busy. It's just, we've prioritized what we're doing. We aren't at as many, we're not going to and from as many places. We're not at as many events. Um, you know, we're seeing people virtually 
and on our time. And if, if something doesn't fit with our schedule, we're not doing it instead of trying to bend over backwards to do things that we would have done previously. So I think it's been really nice to be able to slow down and to not have our weekends be packed and full and just spend time together as a family. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's been kind of a nice thing. And my hope is that as this progresses, however long we're here, um, that we can tackle some of those family projects we've put on the back burner and, and get some of that done. Yeah, I think that's uh, an interesting thing. It's also kind of you know, forced us to figure out how we're going to be with each other all the time and um, you know, made us really purposeful in what our actions are going to be throughout the day. And, you know, we have to schedule everything so that we can fit it all because we have to make sure our kids do their assignments the way they're supposed to do and get on Zoom calls when they're supposed to be on them. And we have to be on calls ourselves, and we have to update, um, you know, we have to continue to do our business because our business is still going um, and there's lots of business to be done. And that's, and a, that's how we survive. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, and we like, need to be, we need to make sure everyone's fed and watered and all those, all those really important things. Watered. We have to water our children, <laughs> you know, to make sure they grow all those important things. Yeah. So, they're, um, they're like flowers in animal crossing. <laughs> uh, but you know, all that to be said, I think, uh, I think that it's important to lean into your community and your family unit and whatever that looks like for you in this time. Uh, And I'm seeing wonderful people where like, you know, we would connect with our family, but not as much or as authentically as we are now. And so having like Zoom dinner dates and things like that, it's it's pretty incredible. Or having like porch dates. Yeah, we've had a lot of porch dates. Where someone comes and kind of unexpectedly knocks on your door and then backs away 10 feet or, you know, they go stand on the sidewalk while we stand on our porch and we just chat for a while. And it's really nice to see someone's face, you know, Zoom and stuff. That's great. But it's really nice to see someone in person. And um, it really helps me in particular, like I don't know about you, but it helps me realize how much I took it for granted before. And, uh, so it's really great for me too. Uh, I think that it's harder for me because I can't hug them. And so when people leave, I tend to tear up or cry. Yeah. Uh, but I'm getting that under control, I think. Well, I mean, it's not, it's probably not something that you need to control. You know, we feel how we feel. True. And, uh, I am, um, steel on the inside and obviously, yeah, clearly. I haven't cried in like 700 years. So, final question. Oh, oh we're just going to wrap it up, huh? Well, we have to feed the kids and water them. Oh, yeah. They might wilt. This is our fourth attempt at a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, what's the question? It's yours. Oh, final question for me. For you to ask. Um, okay, let me, let me think about that. You talk okay. about something for a second. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that we're going to try to be more mindful in our podcasts, uh, and, uh, not try to stick to any certain agenda, but 
free flow them a little bit more like we did back in the office days. I think we'll also have some guests on. So watch for that. I think we'll start to have some podcast guests again here soon. Yeah. And if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, reach out. Hello <laughs> at edge-one.com. Yeah. Or our uh, private Facebook group, Refreshing Edge. Yeah. You should come and join. Um, the thing I think that was hard for this particular one is that um, we were trying to, to tackle a topic which we've been struggling with ourselves, or at least I've been struggling with, and that's, you know, how this quarantine has been. And uh, we've had to struggle, or I've had to struggle with some really um, personal things, like um, my general mood has been kind of salty most of the time. And I've had a hard time because I've prioritized so much work stuff and I feel like it all has to be done right at that moment. And there's used to be this separation where has, uh, now there isn't in, I'm used to being in the office a lot more and now I'm at home and I'm very distracted by things in general. Like I am very single focused, whereas you have this kind of diffuse awareness where you could be handling multiple things at a time, which makes you a great um, kind of leader. Person? Well, it just makes, you know, you know, you're great at running things. Uh, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that I admire most about you is that you just sort of know what to do next. Um, especially like in, in sequence of, you know, when we were running, you were running, not we, you were running Relay for Life. And um, you took this event that was small you know, that raised 20 some thousand dollars, uh, for research. And you built it to this hundred thousand dollar thing. And that is amazing. That's an amazing accomplishment. Well, the community built it to that. But yeah, yes. well, that's part of your thing also is that you don't, you don't take credit. Like you, you pulled the strings, you made the connections, you, you asked people, you asked the right people to do the right things. You got help where you needed it. You understand what it takes to build a bigger thing. You know, you understand that it, you can't hold on to every little thing and expect to grow, which is amazing and is very difficult for a lot of people to let go of things and put other people in charge of things so that they can run with them and you can grow this much bigger thing from it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I guess we're back on the what's your favorite thing about Megan question. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think I was not done answering it. Apparently. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I, I don't remember what I was talking your about. Your final question. I don't know. What's your final question? What's my, um, what's your least favorite thing about quarantine? My least favorite thing about quarantine is not being able to hug the people that I love and care about. I think that, um, you know, there's so much that you can glean from a person when you are able to physically touch them, when you give them a hug or a handshake or a high five or any of those sorts of things. And so without that, um, people can say they're okay and not be okay. People can be, you know, not okay and totally be actually okay. Uh, and I think it's really hard to read via text message and phone call and, you know, zoom calls and all sorts of things to know how a person really is handling it. You know, mm -hmm. I talked with someone mm -hmm. earlier today who typically has a really sunny disposition and you can just tell that they're deflated in some ways. And so I think that those sorts of situations, 
you know, I, I could, I can visit visibly see it and I know that person well enough, but if you don't, there's a lot you can tell, um, by, by touching someone. And I just miss, I miss hugs. So I'll be one of those people, those crazy people with the free hug shirt, you know, once this is all said and done and, and, you know, once, you know, they're going to say we're all clear and it's actually for me, I think one of the realizations I had, and maybe this is why I'm handling it better than you is that I had a realization a week ago or so that my life is probably going to be like this until September. Mm. I will probably be home until September. Um, because of my autoimmune condition and things of that nature, I, I, I won't be able to go back out when they say it's okay to go back out. Um, it's going to take me a little longer. So, um, so I think I've accepted that and leaned into it, but I will be that person with free hugs on my, on my shirt when I'm able to get out of here. Well, I think that there's also not going to be any clear, all clear sign. It's just going to be a gradual loosening of restrictions as we go forward. And, um, the exciting part of that is that we can choose how we are going to reemerge into the world as we do it because it, you know, your life after this does not have to be the same as it was before this. And in fact, it probably won't be, you know, there, there are going to be many, you know, our world is going to look a lot different and our economy is going to be different. And maybe the work like your professional life might be different. And we've interfaced with so many people who have been disrupted in such um, drastic ways that it's clear. There's going to be a new normal. There's going to be a, yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of the new normal, but there's going to be a chance for us to do things differently. Mm -hmm. And um, we have the, we have the choices ourselves to decide how that is going to look for us. And, how are you going to reemerge into the world? And that's my final question to you. How are you going to reemerge into the world? Well, I think that's our homework for everyone. Mm-hmm. How are you going to reemerge into the world? So think about that. How, what are you going to do today that's going to help you reemerge into the world a better person, a better version of yourself, a more thoughtful, more mindful version, the kind of person that you have always wanted to be, the kind of person that you admire, how are you going to be that person going forward? And what steps do you need to take today to get to that place where you can reemerge as that? Mm -hmm. Take time, write it down, think about it. Go do it. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 